Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing good. Good. So do you remember how I told you guys I did that painting thing at work into the Christmas tree? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. A little tea light. Oh, look. Oh, it's cute. That's that fun. Cute. Good Thank work. You. Good work. Thank you. And I also just wanted to show off some of my work got me this Don't Stop Believing Santa sign for my birthday. They know you, don't they? They know me. <laughs> they really know you. It's so nice. Yep. Can't beat a nice Christmas present for your birthday. Not at all. Best part about having a birthday in a burr month. There you go. Speaking of burr months, it's actually been burr a bit here lately. Pretty excited. I know it actually feels like fall. I wore my uh, Tits the Podcast hoodie today. Yay. And still flip flops, right? Ridiculous. (laughs) No, I think uh, my my last pair of flip flops broke yesterday while I was hauling in a. uh, Oh. 36 piece Christmas village that we bought at an estate sale. Ooh, mm. that sounds delightful. And we bought a big uh, Fontanini nativity set. Oh man, that sounds fancy. That's awesome. I know. We're all we're all Christmas ready at the house. It looks kind of so like we're moving because we have all this stuff in boxes right now. so it's been very like cooling down here too which is perfect because i just took my car to get you know inspected for the year and ever since i got it back the air condition hasn't been working and i was like oh now that's totally fine (laughs) now that's totally fine and i'll forget all about it for a few months and then the first hot day will hit and i'll be like oh no my air Julia, are you still working downtown? I am. I'm, I'm, go, I think we're on an egg timer at this point, but yeah, I am. Go to Magic City and get a pumpkin spice mocha. It's amazing. Is it? It's not too mm-hmm. sweet because I don't love sweet Mm-mm. coffee drinks. Ooh, I'm excited. No, it's far less sweet than anything you'd get at Starbucks, even the plain Perfect. coffee. Perfect. Uh, have you guys been to Hallmark? No. Not yet. Since all the Christmas... Well, they have this Star Wars wreath. Have you seen it? No. It's like a black wreath that lights up, and it, it sell, you buy all the Star Wars ornaments individually, and they interact with each other and basically tell the story of the original trilogy. That's really cool. Yeah. So my 
mother got me the whole <laughs> set like in one go for my birthday so wow very- good job mom did y'all see the new um la crusade that's all star wars themed no no they have a they have a baking oven that uh the top of it is han solo stuck in the carbonite coming oh, out the top. that's awesome yeah I saw one of those inflatable costumes for Halloween this year. It looks pretty funny. <laughs> okay, this stuff is, is super cool. That, that Dutch awesome? oven that looks like R2-D2? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I love that they're exhibiting a sense of humor. Right? It's pretty fun. Right? They're not just a free French, you know, best Dutch oven you can own. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Oh, speaking of awesome, tonight we are covering the 1990 Tim Burton film, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, Before we jump in, I'm assuming everybody has a long history with this movie, correct? Yes. Yep. Do you want to start with your history, Julia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, shoot, when did I see this? I didn't see it in the movie theaters because I probably wasn't allowed to, but I remember as soon as we could rent it, my brother brought it home and it fascinated and freaked me out at the same time. (laughs) And I've always had just kind of a special place in my heart for this movie, even though rewatching it this much later in life, because I hadn't seen this movie in absolutely just years and years. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. I didn't notice watching it as a kid. So it was neat watching it again. It was still magical to me. Um, and I still really enjoy this movie. What about you, Anthony? I saw this movie for the first time a week ago when we were supposed to record the episode. That, that was the first yeah. time you'd seen it? The first, the first time I've seen this film, I remember as a kid just being freaked out by the look of Edward Scissorhands. Why? And um, why? I wonder why. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so I saw it for our first time a week ago when we were originally supposed to record this episode. And I okay, that's the second it. time. I hate that's the second movie. time you've mentioned that we were supposed to record this last week. We get, we get it, we get it. <laughs> Did you say you hated this movie? I. Understand it's an unpopular opinion, but I hated this movie. Not there are there there are. It's not like I don't see anything redeeming about it. There are, and this spoiler alert: this is not going to be the only unpopular opinion I have in our (laughs) Burr Month episode. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) But uh, I hated this movie. I don't know and that I, I have uh, it in me to tell yeah, you just some... how wrong you are. <laughs> I don't think well, I have the mental capacity here. Well, you're a Tim Burton fan, right? Apparently not. <laughs> are you a Tim Burton fan, Anthony, in general? Tim, Tim Burton is very hit or miss for me. I find, I find in his ah. later year, I find in his later years especially, he just kind of has been repetitive. But I'm not not a fan. I like a lot of his, especially earlier stuff. 
that right. came around the time of Edward Scissorhands. Well, and the reason I ask so. is because Marty does not really like Tim Burton. It doesn't connect with him. He doesn't really enjoy it. So, like, he's never been an Edward Scissorhands fan, but he doesn't really like any Tim Burton stuff. So, so, so it surprises so I, me so, that you don't like Edward Scissorhands, though. <laughs> so, so I do have a few theories as to why, which we'll get into when we get into the episode. But. Interesting. Tom, because you, do you because like you this lack movie? taste? Is that uh, anywhere on the list? You're so funny, Tom. I wa- I I will say if we, <laughs> I was in a mood last week, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little more mellow now. Like I watched <laughs> it two two minutes, but like finished it like a few minutes before hopping on, and I was like ready to rumble. So you're getting mellow, Anthony, tonight. Just that's probably a good thing. We had some space. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> See, everything this... happens for a reason. <laughs> this movie is an iconic so movie for my teenage years. All of my formative years, I was a fan. I watched it quite often. I really enjoy it. Um, it's pretty quintessential Tim Burton. Um, I don't know that there are many movies that get much more Tim Burton-y than this one. <laughs> and yeah, I like it. Tim Burton-y. That's accurate. I just adjective that. You like it? Oh, yeah. It fits. It's, it absolutely suits him. <clears throat> I, I, I like that Tim burton can be a compliment and an insult. No, not <laughs> really. Depending on the movie you're referring to or his years you're referring to. Disrespectfully agree to disagree. I, I mean, there sure have been some misses for me, but not many. Respectfully. Not many at all for me. All right. So let's I, go through yeah. Let's run through the credits of this one, y'all. It is, as we said, Tim Burton. Um, we're not going to dwell too long on Tim Burton because we did uh, spend quite a bit of time talking Tim Burton on last year's episode. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on more thoughts on Tim Burton, please go back and check out our Nightmare Before Christmas episode. The music is, of course, uh, for anybody who watched two minutes of this movie will know, it is Danny Elfman. And I feel like we've talked Danny Elfman so much that we're going to go past this as well. The movie stars Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands. And I don't even know where to begin with Johnny Depp. What's your earliest Johnny Depp memory? 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. He's so pretty. What's yours, Anthony? Anthony? Nightmare on Elm Street. So you saw that before you saw 21 Jump Street? Well, yeah, because he's a horror movie fan. I'm a yeah, horror but, movie fan. That's yeah. Yeah, but Nightmare that on Elm Street before. was still like 1984. That was like long before Anthony's time. Well, but he, I could reasonably see Anthony picking up a horror film than picking I up. Guess, I guess 21 Jump Street was over long before he would have seen the TVs. Yeah. The, it's the harder to Jump get. Street. Yeah. Old shows back so, then. Um, well... It doesn't go any earlier than Nightmare on Elm Street because that was Johnny Depp's first f- foot into film. He Baby was Depp. in, yep, he was in a Nightmare on Elm Street. He was in Platoon. He had a recurring role on Twenty One Jump Street. Of course, like we said, he's got um, Edward Scissorhands. He was on Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Uh, he was in 
Finney and June, which is pretty amazing. What's Eating Gilbert mm. Grape. Ed Wood, Don Juan DeMarco, Donnie Brasco, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but he actually had an appearance on The Vicar of Dibley. No! Um, I don't know that. Yeah, he was on their comic release special in 1999. Oh my goodness. Uh, he did That's the so confusing, wife. that sentence together. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't know what to do with that. The Astronaut's Wife, he was in the Sleepy Hollow movie, Chocolat, Blow, really dark and twisted movie. From Hell, Pirates of the Caribbean, Once Upon a Time in Christmas. Um, actually, he was in the whole Pirates of the Caribbean series, franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finding Neverland, oh. the, Amen- the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassius. Public Enemies, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, The Lone Ranger, Mordecai, Black Mass, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, of course. He plays Grindelwald in Mm -hmm. Harry Potter now, so we've got that reference out of the way. (laughs) He's just got this long, awesome career. What's your favorite Johnny Depp, guys? Finding Neverland. <clears throat> Mine oh, is. Oh God! I had just that when you were running through the movies, like I had it and I forgot it. Was it's it Benny either... and June? Because that's the right answer. Oh, no. I love Benny and June. Such a good. Oh, it's uh, Fear Loathing Las Vegas. It's respectable. Mm. Or Nightmare on Elm Street or Sleepy Hollow. Not a big Johnny Depp fan, so. Sleepy Hollow bores me so badly I can't get through it. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. His uh, developing love interest, Kim, is played by Winona Ryder. The hmm. earliest Winona Ryder I knew of was Beetlejuice, but she had a couple of parts before that. Uh, she was in Heathers, Edward Scissorhands, of course, Mermaids, Great Balls of Fire, Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Age of Innocence, Reality Bites. She was Joe in Little Women. How to Make an American Quilt, The Crucible, she was an alien, The Resurrection, Autumn in New York, Girl Interrupted, which was one of Christine's favorite movies for a long time, <laughs> Mr. Deeds, uh, she was in Zoolander, she did have play a part uh, in one episode of Friends. <laughs> yeah, she did. She was in Star Trek, she was in Black Swan, she did some other, uh, Tim Burton, she was in Frank and Weenie. Um, I liked her a lot in Drunk History, and she's probably more known by our younger audience for her role as Joyce Byers in Stranger Things than just about anything else, um, because she's kind of everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Favorite Winona? Anything? Anybody? I really uh, liked Reality Bites. <laughs> reality Bites. Mine was Heather's or Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice I, really, Heather's too. I really like her on uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I think y- you and I, Julia, were probably the, the the tail end of the people who who really got Reality Bites. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was an iconic movie for us. It was perfectly timed for it our was. age. It was. Peg is played by Diane White, Weist. Um you will probably know her from a lot of stuff because she's been acting for quite some time. 
She was in Independence Day. The, hmm. She was? The old one, not the new one. 1983 version. Or 1983 oh. Independence Day. She was in The Lost Boys, which is an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Little, Little Man Tate, Bullets Over Broadway, The Birdcage, The Horse Whisperer, Practical Magic. The, she was on that TV miniseries, The Tenth Kingdom. She did a bunch of Law and Order type movies. She was in I Am Sam. Oh, she's in Dan in Real Life. She's in Dan in Real Life. I love Life. that movie. It's so oh, underrated. I love that movie. It's so she good. was in The Odd Life of Timothy Green, which was also an underrated, awesome movie. Is that the one with um, uh, Jennifer Garner? Is yes. She the mom in yes. That movie? Where she where they get a kid who's a plant. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Is it really good? It's so good. Is it good? Okay, is that yeah. like a movie night, family movie night movie? Absolutely. Am I going to cry the entire time? I doubt it. It's just good. Really? I don't know. It looks like a cry movie. <laughs> I didn't cry. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I cry at everything. All right. Then we have Jim, who is played by Anthony Michael Hall. Again, illustrious career. Um, starting with some uh, eight, like ABC weekend specials. He was in National Lampoon's Vacation. He was in The Breakfast Club, Weird Science on Saturday Night Live, did a stint on Tales from the Crypt, and Six mm-hmm. Degrees of Separation. Oh, that's epic. He was on Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Touched by more, an Angel. More recently, he was in The Dark Knight. More recently, he was 10 on, years ago now. He was, on, he was also in <laughs> Freddy Gets Fingered, Hitched. All About the Benjamins, L.A. Blue. He was on Community and Last Man Standing, like you said. He's in a new upcoming Halloween movie called Halloween Kills. That's filming right now for 2020. That's a sequel to Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. Oh, it is? Mm Mm-hmm. Seems like a... Bad title, I know. That's a bad title. It is a very, I think the next one is the one after that's called Halloween Lives. They're shooting back to back. Bad type. Oh. Oh, man. They're like banging out a bunch of new ones, huh? Yeah. And then there are a lot of, there's a lot more cast, but we're going to um, stop with Kathy Baker, who plays Joyce. She was on the TV show Picket Fences when I was growing up. That's where I knew her from. Oh, yeah. And the moment I saw her face, I was reminded of that show. Um <laughs> bit of a departure a little bit just a little bit (laughs) she was pretty um pretty disturbing here she did a made for tv movie about uh the oklahoma city bombing she was in cider house rules she was in the glass house lots of stuff i've never heard of y'all 13 going on 30 that's oh i love that movie that movie is amazing it's so good it's it really a great is. movie. Again, Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's done a lot of appearances, one-offs on TV shows. Julia, do you want to give us a plot synopsis of this movie? Oh, sorry. I want to mention one other person. Alan Arkin. Um, uh, no, two more people then. Okay. Conchata uh, <laughs> Farrell, who plays Helen in this. Yeah. I don't want to mention her because if you remember, we covered her. She was in Krampus as well. She That's was right. in Krampus. Yeah, right. so I want to mention her. And then um, Alan Arkin, because who doesn't want a good opportunity to talk about Alan Arkin? Uh, what, 
And we um, just covered him and Love the Coopers. We did, yep. so we don't really need to go through anything of his except for his awesome uh, Sesame Street episodes. <laughs> okay, now for he real. He has awesome time, Sesame really. Street episodes? He, he did a whole season of Sesame. He had a character for a season in the 19, I didn't like, know 1970, that. Really? Oh, 1970, I didn't know that. Well, he had like five or six episodes in one season, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Love him. Okay, plot synopsis. <laughs> in a castle high on top of a hill lives an inventor's greatest creation, Edward, a near-complete person. The creator died before he could finish Edward's hands. Instead, he's left with metal scissors for hands. Since then, he's lived alone until a kind lady named Peg discovers him and welcomes him into her home. At first, everyone welcomes him into the community, but soon things begin to take a change for the worse. We probably should have mentioned Vincent Price was the inventor as well. That is. Yes. Because he's pretty darn amazing. Mm -hmm. Except as an inventor. He wasn't Uh, done. He did a pretty invented, darn good job. He did a pretty darn good job of building a near human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't he understand just... why an unfinished human being would have scissors for hand. <laughs> well, you know what, Anthony? If you can't figure that out, I'm not going to tell you. Because he takes <laughs> him from this utilitarian thing and he turns him into flesh and bone. and It's the dichotomy of Edward Scissorhands. It's a tragedy, Anthony. It's a tragic story. It's all the love. This movie is a tragedy. And again, I am am fully aware. I'm the unpopular opinion. I ask just about everyone who passed me at work the day after I watched this movie if they like this film. I couldn't find anyone who agreed with me. So I'm aware. Sarah (laughs) loves this film. So I'm aware people are fond of this movie. (laughs) Maybe if I, mean, I had seen idea. it earlier, I would have been fond of it. But for me, I'm get I. I mean, how many years later is it now? Almost thirty, right? Just about mm-hmm. almost thirty. Two years since the thirtieth anniversary. I have how many movies has Tim Burton and Johnny Depp's done? How many movies have they done since this? And I know this is their first one. But for me, it was just same old, same old for them. Maybe if I had seen it earlier before a lot of their later stuff, I would have appreciated it more. Uh, you can't compare, you can't compare like this to say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was awful. An abomination. Absolutely awful, Tim Burton. Yep. This is so much better. I mean, you have to feel sorry for him when Kim's like, oh, hold me, Edward, or whatever. And he's like, I can't. I can't. That's sad. I- I roll my eyes at that part. Oh, so dramatic. Oh, you have no soul. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody uh, invented me and forgot to put the soul in. <clears throat> so, I, I watched the... Okay, so one of my favorite... So one of my favorite Disney movies is Beauty and the Beast, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a Beauty and the Beast. This is a Frankenstein type story. Both films I love, by the way. But there is a great documentary on the making of Beauty and the Beast, the animated one. And they talk about how it took them nearly a year to design the Beast because it was such a fine line 
They couldn't make him too cute. Otherwise, he's not this horrible, scary beast. And they couldn't make him too scary. Otherwise, they didn't think Belle would be able to look past it. And they finally settled on what they did after like a year. I don't think they struck a good balance in this one. I'm sorry. Frankenstein's monster, they did. The beast, they did. This guy was terrifying. And I don't buy that this lovely lady, who was my favorite character in the movie, would go into this abandoned, <laughs> decrepit castle that's clearly abandoned, saying, I'm evil lady, I'm not here to hurt you. And then Edward comes out of the shadows, snapping his fingers like lobster claws, and she won't go running for the hills. She'd take him home to her family. It's just... That's because she's such a good person. I don't know. Have you never met an, a multi-level marketing hun before, Anthony? <laughs> Do I, anything for a sale. I Christine got Tom. Christine got some somebody sent her a voicemail on on Facebook Messenger that looked urgent and it was all about like, oh hey, Ellie looks so amazing, blah blah blah. By the way, I'm now selling this awesome hair product. Well that's like all the emails there. we get for that's like all the emails we get for our website that's like help us promote your website. That's all this lady is. And you know what? She was my favorite character in this film. I thought she was funny and sweet. She is one of the few sweet characters in this film. That's for sure. So I really think this is the age at which you are when you watch this probably does have a lot to do with how much you love it. What do we think of the music, Anthony? What do you think of the, the music? The music's fantastic. The music is fantastic. That is one of my positives for this movie. It's Danny Elfman's favorite soundtrack composition. Is and it really? Say, mm-hmm. oh, that's neat. You, you could hear the hints in the music and see in Burton's style, like um, what would later come a few years later in Batman Returns and The Nightmare Before Christmas. There are definitely elements of both those films, like early mm-hmm. elements of both those films in this one. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you say you think it depends on the age you see it, Julia? I think it definitely helps. So I mean, think about when it came out in the nineties and that I always felt like Johnny Depp looked the way he did and everybody else looked the way they did because of trends during the time, right? Kind of that grunge era was leaving or coming or I don't know the time of that. The, the black, the alienation, right? Well, like reality bites for what it's worth, right? That kind of like dark look, and the way that he paired it up against that garish, colorful, freakish haircuts and these people that are just, they look superficial, they act superficial. I mean, they're, they're, they are what they look like. Um, I don't know. I, I love most about this movie, the fact that it's about somebody who feels alone and alienated and is accepted by somebody else and it's like a it's a it's just such a beautiful love story to me so it gives me all the heart feels i agree so and watching him suffer like he does and you can feel when he's you know laughed at by people and all of that you like i don't know johnny depp does a really good job of expressing that you know who was almost cast for this role who Tom Cruise. Oh, that would have been. 
And Mac Macaulay oh, Culkin yeah. was considered for the role of Kevin Boggs in this, but he was already doing Home Alone, so he wasn't able to. Macaulay, Macaulay so Culkin, Culkin? Macaulay, <laughs> yep, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin. Who so, will not respond to any of my emails or tweets. Dang it! <laughs> we, have, we still have time, guys. The pod... <laughs> You see how many Hallmark Christmas movies are coming out? This podcast isn't going anywhere. You <laughs> have to deal with your emails and tweets for years. Tim Burton created the role of the inventor specifically for Vincent Price. Did y'all know that? No. Know that. It, it was written for him, and this is the very last movie Vincent Price ever did. And his yeah. last scene ever was that was ever filmed and shown was his death scene in this movie. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So I, I do want to respond to something you said, Julia, about mm -hmm. the age in which you see it, because I don't know. Like, I, can, I totally see that point. By the same time, I work with the people a lot older than you two who would have been a lot older past that grunge phase in the 90s when they saw it and they love this film. Well, maybe I probably didn't express that right. I don't think it was the grunge phase that locked in whether people connected not with this or maybe. not. I think it's, I think it's that the age that I saw it when you feel alienated constantly as a teenager. Um, and so to s watch a story of this alienated guy that finds love and that finds, you know, connections like that was a hopeful movie. I mean, it was a hopeful movie to me. And I feel like when you see it young like that, whether young means a teenager or a preteen or whether young means in your twenties or early thirties, who knows? I think you can connect with that. Anybody who's had an experience like that, that alienated feeling can connect with that. I didn't. Well, I'm sorry you're so popular. Everybody no. loves you. No. I think it's more far too nihilist to find hope. I was an al I was I, I was I had a very rough time as a kid, like in terms of alienation and getting bullied. And I just connected to other like again, this is a story, right? This Mm -hmm. theme has been done in a million movies mm -hmm. and books and everything and this one just didn't do it for me and when i read that this so this is tim burton's most personal autobiographical film mm -hmm. i rolled my eyes i did i think it's i i can understand <laughs> i would be fine with it if he didn't put, if the, he did not have the tagline of this film, the most gentle man on earth, like it just comes across. I don't know. I when I read that, I just thought he was pompous. Really? I don't. I don't. There are okay. <laughs> so I like how beautiful this film is. It looks like a fairy tale, which it is a fairy tale. So mm -hmm. I thought it looked great. Well, that's because I mean, it's supposed to look to like a fairy tale. It's supposed to look like a fairy tale because the movie's filmed through Edward's eyes, right? So when he sees the the city that he's never been exposed to, everything is fantastic. You know, everything is amazing. It's all like these new fresh eyes, and that's how we're supposed to see it. So, and I mean, kudos to you, Tim. I didn't. And again, not to keep comparing it to other films of this nature, but I didn't buy how quickly everyone became accepted of him. When you look again at these quote-unquote monster films, like Frankenstein, Reviewing the Beast, like everyone's terrified of them at first. 
These people just welcome this guy with lethal knives for hands into their home and neighborhood without any qualms. And I don't know. I get it. It's a fairy tale. It's just not for me. I get it. So something interesting, because Avon's a part of this. Uh, I learned last week from a Scottish friend that in Scotland, it's an insult to tell somebody that their dad sells Avon. Is it? Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, like Avon, Avon means the same thing over there that it means yeah, over it's here. the same thing, but it's an insult to say that your dad sells Avon. Oh, <laughs> oh that but is funny. I've been using that a few times since I went back. I'm like, dude, your dad sells Avon. <laughs> <laughs> Was this uh-uh. was uh, Christine's mom does still does? Yeah, they gave her a free van when she that she won years ago. Dude, I know. That's cool. I know. Was this a Christmas movie? No, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. No, nope. It is Just not. A, I mean, it's they a, had definitely a-, a movie set at Christmas. Part of it set at Christmas. Yeah. Alan Arkin rolling out that fake snow on the roof. That just made me happy. Can I just say? I hope I don't have to do that this year. I hope we have real snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked Alan Arkin's character. I, did oh, too. I like I liked Alan Arkin's character. I liked the scene at the restaurant where he was very like, uh, oh, and how do you expect to pay for this barber shop? I guess you're going to take out a loan, like putting his foot down that uh, I'm not paying for it. I already took you in. Any favorite scenes, y'all? I have a scene that stands out to me and always has forever and ever. Is it the dog grooming scene? Because that was pretty rad. No, it's the barbershop scene where she climbs on top of him. I remember when I was a kid and I first saw that, that was the first like naughty bit movie scene I remember ever seeing. And my parents rapidly fast forwarding through it. And being kind of scandalized by it. Like, and I, when it came up this time and I was watching the movie, I almost like couldn't watch it because I'm like, this feels really wrong to watch this. But it's so not bad. Like, by 2019 standards, right? It's not Um, at all. It's just funny because, like, I felt the shame of however old I was when I first. Can we talk about that neighbor for a minute? Hold on. I got to give Johnny Depp credit in that scene. (laughs) <laughs> how did he keep that like the same expression through everything like even that he's yep. like i don't know i don't know how he did you okay anthony you have to give johnny depp credit for building this nope. character with only 163 words okay and he still built this character that's so iconic and everybody knows it's pretty good i, I don't think he's gonna give him credit for that frankly uh, it takes a lot to act without, especially the less words you have. I'll give him some credit. I, I won't give him credit for his later roles where he keeps playing the same character over and over again. I know. It's like every time I turn on the Pirates of the Caribbean, he's the same guy every time. You're hilarious. <laughs> but, but let's talk about this neighbor for a minute, okay? <laughs> when, she, when, she first, when she first sets eyes on him, and she's wondering aloud while, oh, I wonder if those knives feel hot or cold or both. Like, oh my gosh, uh, she's so how does gross. that? How does she fit into the whole Tim? Burton? How does that? How does that work? 
How does she fit into the whole Tim Burton autobiograph- autobiographical nature of this? Uh, yeah, that's a good movie? point. How does she? Who hurt you, Tim? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Who hurt this guy? Who did? When I picked up my grandma from the airport and I told her we were recording this movie tonight, she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why in the world would a Christmas podcast be filming? (laughs) Or recording an episode about Edward Scissorhands. So how do you feel about... uh... I like. I guess I like the ending where he kills Jim. Is that his name? He had it coming. I remember that always took me by surprise because he's so I gentle. Don't know. Yeah, because he's so gentle. So now my next question is: Who did you hurt, Tim? Who did you hurt? <laughs> who did you hurt? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that was definitely not where you thought. I mean, like. Be- the Beauty and the Beast tale, that's definitely not where, where this storyline typically goes, right? That's a right. definite no, deviation. No, they, they usually stop themselves from telling him. Right. Like that, the, the, beast is who, the Beast is who has humanity in, those, in that story. So mm-hmm. this is definitely a pretty, pretty big departure from that. Mm-hmm. I, um, so I, I, I really liked, I said earlier, the scenery and everything. I loved, I loved the castle. And I loved in the flashbacks the machines that created him like even mm-hmm. like the gears and everything on it there are some that look like jack skeleton's face and everything like total tim burton mm-hmm. signs oh for sure yep. the oogie boogie in the in the mansion yep you saw the statue of the oogie boogie um one thing i will say we'll have to like knock this movie down for um that i feel bad saying winona Ryder's awful in it <laughs> she's young for sure. How yes. how old was she in this movie? I know how she was supposed to be. How old was she? Uh, how what year was she born? I don't know. Let's look. Winona Ryder, nineteen. <laughs> Blonde hair suited her. I thought. I thought she was very pretty in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. I I I feel like her friends in this film is much more what I would be like in this situation. Like they're supposed to just sit down around this dinner table, accepting this guy with scissors for hands, this robot, and uh, he's serving them with his fingers. Like I'd be freaked out. I want to know how to take that. Uh, it looked like good food, so you would probably just eat it, I'm assuming. And I'm so, I don't know, this movie, <clears throat> I, I couldn't connect with, I didn't buy their romance. There was no point in it where I was like, this is where they fell in love, where this is where she fell in love with him. It seemed very quick and rushed and glossed over. So by the time we got to the end where yeah, it's revealed that the old lady telling the story is Winona Ryder, and she doesn't want to go back up to the castle because she doesn't want him to see her in her old age. She wants her to rem- him to remember her how she was. I was like, I didn't feel for her. I was like, okay. Kind of like Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp in real life in their real relationship. It just felt rushed. Didn't seem authentic. You didn't feel sorry for them when they broke up. And and I get it's a fairy tale, but you know what? I'm taking on Tom's role of nitpicker tonight. I get it's a fairy tale. It's magical, whatever. But the snow, 
the snow when he's cart- cutting the ice. <sighs> I love that. I like it. I, I like the idea, but the way it covers that whole freaking town in snow. Come on. Oh, it's, my God. See, you he's, say you get that magic. it's a fairy tale, but you're not acting like you get that it's a fairy tale. So, you know, yeah, when I saw this movie, it's, 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 when I saw the, the Beauty and the for me. When I saw Beauty and the Beast, I mean, like, there's no real human beast out there. This just doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's true. It's just—it's just, it's just you, ridiculous. You were, you were able to look past that, correct? Just like I was correct. able to look past how he was carving, and I'm like, wow, this is really magical—the way he's bringing this whole town. You weren't able to look past a dog named Olive wishing she was a reindeer, Tom. There are some <laughs> things we can't look past. But that was stupid. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this man uh... with scissors for hands. I don't understand. He's un finished shouldn't there have just been like gloves or nubs or stubs at the end why did he have scissors there was probably a utilitarian purpose that the inventor was using the the knives for and then he died i don't know i don't know and like uh maybe he was having him trim the shrubbery and obviously he obviously seems to have experience with this (laughs) that that's a (laughs) The tope, the topiary, and the dog grooming, and the the dog grooming was awesome. Cutting, I I didn't like any of it. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I didn't like any of it. The, am the, I this the, the, Julia? Am I usually this obnoxious when I don't like something? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh God, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I uh, you be tr- you be you, Tom. I'm I would. Ha- I just feel bad knowing I'm. I could be that I could come across as insufferable as Anthony does right now. You know what? I will, I will give this <laughs> Tom, and I'd be so nice at the beginning, saying how much I missed talking to you guys last <laughs> Well, I missed you too before you started making a bunch of dumb comments about a good movie. Oh I will say my favorite thing to come out of this movie was there is an episode of Seinfeld based on this film that I appreciate. For real? Yeah. What Seinfeld episode was about this? Uh, something with his barber and Edward Scissorhands played a big part in it. It's like, ugh. huh? Now that See. episode has gone down, in my opinion, because of this movie. No, it has not. I'm not a big uh, there, are, there are there are redeeming qualities in this film. There are Seinfeld. Seinfeld insists upon itself. That's how I felt about this film and Tim Burton. <laughs> So, any favorite scenes or quotes or... I mean, for me, my favorite part of this movie, as much as I like the movie, still my favorite part is all of the Danny Elfman music. It is just... Mm-hmm. The, mu- the music and the scenery are my favorite parts. I'm trying to think... It's beautiful. Uh, oh, I so, liked, I liked I when mentioned... he fell over his chair because I... I didn't feel for this guy. So when they re- <laughs> when the jerky boyfriend said, I wish I had that on tape. Or however he oh, when he treated. electrocutes himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh because I didn't feel for this guy. I really did it. I like Vincent Price in this role. This was a role clearly written for Vincent Price. Once you know uh, that, it's very perfect. obvious that they were writing it for Vincent Price, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he played it perfectly. I, 
mean. And every I liked when the Avon lady took Edward home, and they were driving through town for the first time. And Edward got excited and pointed with his finger, nearly took off her nose, and she screamed and nearly crashed the car. I thought that was funny. What I, what I thought was amazing was that scene and other scenes where everything's new for Edward. Um, Johnny Depp just does such a good job of playing of, of building up some childlike wonder. And I felt like watching his reaction to things was like watching Ellie when she sees something new. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch. I would rather watch Buddy the Elf reacting to new things than Johnny Depp as Edward I also felt really bad for him after he goes to Jim's house when everybody was mean to him and what whatever and um he tells kim i knew it was jim's house and she said you did and he said yes she said well what then why'd you go and he said because you asked me to like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know they gave me the shows his yeah i don't know i'm sorry guys i know you guys love this movie and i know a lot of our listeners do but gotta be me and again just a fair warning to you two and our listeners I just looked at our schedule there are four more movies before the end of the year that I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate mail for because of my opinions on them four? four I gotta look at our schedule and try and figure out which ones those are but so be warned Uh, you have to admit him playing paper rock scissors was really funny (laughs) <laughs> that 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 was funny. That was funny. Is is that what you call it? Paper rock scissors. Yeah. Rock what do you paper call it? scissors lizard spock. I call it rock paper scissors, not paper rock scissors. Yeah, rock paper are, scissors. No, what do they call it here? Oh, they call it scissors paper stone. Oh, that's even more uncomfortable. And uh, another <laughs> thing I liked about this film is that it, they. The way he, um, Tim Burton stylized it, and uh, it had this very timeless feel. Like, you know, a shot in the 90s, it could have taken place before the 90s, you know? There wasn't anything specific, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It has this yep. timeless feel to it, which is good for a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you know, on uh, Wikipedia, it's called Rock, Paper, Scissors. Oh. Yep. So... Or Rochambeau. Rochambeau? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Never heard that. I know which four movies you don't like. I know what one of them is, and that's gonna that's why I'm being nice right now. <laughs> which ones are they, Joe? I just I'm not gonna confirm nor deny. I just wanna hear put put your put your bet, put your Put it on. I'll put my wager out there. You yeah. are not going to like Prancer, Alistair Sims, Scrooge, Miracle on 34th Street, or It's a Wonderful Life. Nope. You, one of them is not right because one of them is going to be uh, White Christmas. You don't like White Christmas? No, Anthony doesn't like White Christmas. I can either confirm nor. Serious? I'm, I'm serious. 
I'm not going to confirm nor deny any of this. You're going to have to wait How and see. How do you not like White Christmas? I'm convinced he doesn't like White Christmas. <laughs> I'm convinced. Gonna, I'm, I'm not wait, that's the, that's the original Miracle on 34th Street, right? Yes. White Christmas? Okay, because no, no, no. We've oh. covered the, the modern Miracle on 34th Street. So this is the original Miracle on 34th Street, right? Yes. What makes you think he doesn't like White Christmas? Just got a feeling, y'all. Just it's just a feeling. It's not backed by anything. I think I'm I sticking think it's with ba- it. I I think there was something he said early on when we first started, and I mentioned White Christmas. Or there, uh, there's yeah. something there's something in my head. Maybe it was an, an eye roll or something. I remember something though. Something made me, and I've been holding it all this time, thinking Anthony doesn't like White Christmas. Anthony has no soul. Uh, no, I'm sticking with It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, Prancer, and Alistair Sims Scrooge. You want to bet? Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. What are we going to bet? I'll bet you a Christmas ornament. Deal. I'll bet you a Christmas ornament. White Christmas is one of them. Okay, so it might cut. That's going to come late. Are we okay with that? Yeah. Post Christmas, Christmas ornament. All right. Yeah. Wait, wait, so you're Tom, betting. You, so you you're betting White bet? Christmas is on his hate list, and I'm betting yes. White Christmas is not on his hate list. Correct. All right, any, I could take do that. Do you have deal. any other guesses, Tom? Let me look at the, the list. Are? Well, I know it's a Wonderful Life is one of them. Man, you're so Dude, sure. if you are Mister Negative two weeks in a row preceding Christmas, like, who's the worst um, now? <laughs> I'm serious. Not, not gonna be me, y'all. Um, it's not gonna be worse. See, so yeah, you I'm just think say, about that, Anthony. You just think. I'm pretty sure he likes the original Miracle on 34th Street. I got good. I know that, that he one. likes the newer one better, I but I think he's I saying think... unpopular opinion is going to be the fact that he one likes the newer one better, and two is just really not that big of a fan of the older one because you've got the drunk wife all the time, and I mean it's got some stuff in it where you're like. Mm, this kind of kills the mood a little bit but but i don't think but not liking prancer is not going to be a an unpopular opinion that's not a very popular christmas movie i think marty really likes prancer prancer's a downer dude it is a downer but he saw it when he was eight i did too i thought i it's one of those i thought i liked it a whole lot and then i saw it recently and i don't know if i do or not i'm gonna have to watch it again yeah i think it's all nostalgia but so help me Christmas, God, if you don't like the family stone, I will come up there and I will cut you. I cut so, you. I cut you so bad. You wish I didn't cut you so bad. So, so if I want to meet you in person and get you to visit New York, I just have to say I don't like the family stone. There are no funds for that right now or else okay. I would. <laughs> I'm not, cons- I'm not sure about, uh, I don't know if Anthony likes Scrooge or not either. Hmm. He has to uh, like Scrooge. He's a character in Scrooge. <laughs> maybe it's a little I mean, too you're close like to, a maybe it's a little cranky, too close to home. sarcastic, dry-witted. I mean, what's not to like? Maybe it's a little too close. Hits too close to home for him. Makes him sad. <laughs> no, he likes Scrooge. He loves Scrooge. He loves right, Eddie Murphy or Bill Murray. Not Eddie Murphy. All right, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. All right, everyone. Get your votes in. I'll start a thread uh, when we drop this. Which four movies are going to make Anthony the worst? Well, our listeners don't know what our Christmas wish, our Christmas lineup is. Well, they pretty much heard almost all of it. All right. 
I mean, well, they just heard the ones. I so I know that he likes Sabrina a bunch. Yeah, I don't know about this. That's an interesting episode for Christmas. And Julie, I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know. I don't think Julie is gonna like Sabrina's Christmas one. I'm not no, a fan of the her. show in general. Um, we have yeah, Garfield family know. Garfield Christmas. Everybody loves. Yeah. Radio City Christmas Spectacular is not an actual movie to have an opinion on that would sway anybody. And Prep and Landing is just Prep and Landing. Right. And if he, yeah, if he didn't like Prep and Landing, it's not like, you know, mountains would crash into the sea or anything like that. Right. All right, folks, let us know what you think. What makes Anthony a horrible person? Christmas movie wise, (laughs) that's left on our list. That is. That's very specific. You have four options. So speaking of, let's go on and rank and review. Let's go on and rank this movie. Let's, let's put, Edward says we're hand to bed. It's not a Christmas movie, we decided. No. Does it pass the Linus test? No. Yeah, I don't I don't think he changes. I think it's who he is from the start. I don't think anybody changes. The only one who changes is Kim. Yeah, she loosens up a bit. But it's not really enough of a change, I don't think. Well, no. plus it's not a Linus it's not a change that would necessitate Linus coming out. Huh. No. No. Linus Linus would have to come tell it to her. All right, so let's wrap this up, y'all. Uh Oh, oops. Is this my one? <laughs> I'm going to give it a three based on the fact that it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm going four, which is what I also gave Batman Returns for the same reason. I'm coming in mm. higher than you. I'm coming in I'm- higher than you, Tom. I'm going to give it a four because that's what I gave Batman Returns. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair, that's fair. So I'm changing mine. I'm going four. Okay. I'm going at 3.9, which gives us a 3.967, which ties it. It ties for number 40 with the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Oh. Huh. That's interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why i make think. a case for putting not christmas movies on a different list i get it all right so let us know what you think find us on facebook instagram twitter or reddit by going to tis the podcast.com slash facebook instagram twitter or reddit reddit and uh, let us know what you think of this episode be sure to give us your guesses for anthony's for unfavor un what's the word I'm looking for? Unpopular opinions. <laughs> for unpopular Christmas movie opinions. <laughs> yeah, we've got oh, a I lot more unpopular Anthony opinions. Um, <laughs> we also have a Patreon if you want to subscribe to Patreon. And I promise we have new stuff getting mailed out to our Patreons in the next week. So you should have that shortly after this episode drops. And we have a shop now. Ooh. We do have a shop. If you want awesome Tis the Podcast gear, uh, visit shop.tisthepodcast.com. There's t-shirts, hoodies, buttons, something else, mugs, Christmas lots of cool stuff. I love those ones, y'all. Yes. I know Tom is coming out with a discount code for those of you who do subscribe on Patreon. I already right? shared that. Oh, you did. 
Mm-hmm. I know Target's coming up with a host discount code too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, host get it. Yeah, you'll get one. <laughs> um, so I wanted to share some interesting feedback we got. We got some feedback from a guy named Jesse Weaver who wrote into us um, about how much he loves the episode. I won't um, pat ourselves on the back by reading that part, even though it's really good. Wait, um, which episode specifically do you like? Which movie did we cover? Uh, no, he hadn't po- posted any. He was excited to hear the Love the Coopers episode. Oh, okay. Oh, um, wonder if he so liked he said, it. I'm, he's curious how we rate movies. He said, do we have certain categories that we grade each category, then add up the total? What criteria is most important to us when we rank them? Um, and he's heard one of us talk about rewatchability. That's Anthony. That's his big gong he bangs. So I assume that factors in. Any information would be appreciated. He and his 11-year-old son watch Christmas movies. He thinks it'd be cool for them to start their own list. Uh, he's not going to start a competitive podcast. It would just be for our own enjoyment. I would encourage you to start another podcast. It's a lot of fun. I like listening mm-hmm. to other people as well. So don't feel like you're going to hurt our feelings. So uh, I thought we'd each talk for a minute about how we rate what we look at, what factors we look at. And since I'm hosting, I'm going to go first. For me, it's, <laughs> first of all, is it a Christmas movie? Does it give me the Christmas feels? Is this something I want to watch every year? Um, are my big ones. Um, I look a lot at the atmosphere of the film. Music mm-hmm. has a huge part. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music of the film is really, really important. I look at those things and I don't rank them separately. It's all really subjective as I'm watching the film and how I feel afterward, after the end. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I noticed in our anniversary special was when we went on gut instinct, what our top personal top tens would be is how it differs from what it differs pretty, I won't say wildly, but pretty substantially from what the actual top 10 list is. So I think a lot of it does come down to gut feeling at the time. And I think mood you're currently in when you watch it does play a part, whether or not we like it or not, mm-hmm. whether or not that's fair to the movie any given week. Uh, so that definitely plays in. Rewatchability is my big thing. I agree with Tom on everything he put, but for me, rewatchability like I've said, the Nativity Story and Joyous Noel are both two really good films, but they don't have that rewatchability for me. And that brought their scores down for me. Another unpopular opinion. (laughs) An unpopular opinion that they're good films? Okay. No, unpopular opinion that they're not rated well because (laughs) of some arbitrary, subjective, weird system you have for rating. You know the, you know those memes of that guy from uh, with Charlie Day with his big board and it looks like a conspiracy theorist board. That's like my ranking system. <laughs> my ranking system. <laughs> See, my ranking system is so much easier. My ranking system is I'm that guy at the table that says such and such is a good movie. Such and such is not a good movie. Convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely you. <laughs> I, I think I'm more easily swayed than you by our oh, conversations. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm a, stubborn, I'm a stubborn one. How about you, Julia? What's your, what's your ranking? Um, atmosphere is a really big deal, and I'm going to go ahead and lump music in with that as well because it helps build the atmosphere. Um, nostalgia plays a massive, massive role with me, which I can kind of lump into rewatchability a little bit. Um, I'm not as much of a stickler on the rewatchability as – 
Anthony is. Um, but it's got to feel like Christmas. It's got to look like Christmas. It's got to make me want to be in the Christmas season to rank somewhat high on my list. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, I go more gut. I think I'm a more gut voter than y'all are. That's interesting because um, for me, I would have, as I was looking at this, this email and I was thinking about it, um, nostalgia came to mind, but then I just go back to Rudolph and how for me, nostalgia can't cover nearly as much as I thought it could, which is yeah. surprising. I would well, have thought nostalgia I, would play more for me. I think nostalgia and gut for sure, Julia, I agree with you there. Because I think like, again, if you look at our official top 10 list and then our individual list, Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have those. We probably all have crossover with four, or I forget how many we have crossover with. But this typical standards they've shown on TV for years, uh, undisputed classics that everyone can agree on, like Elf, The Santa Claus, Christmas Vacation, they're all on our list. And I think a large part of that is the nostalgia. Home Alone. It has to be because they're all. Is the rewatchability. They're just. And- those are yeah. all movies that were newer at our, that we could relate to as children as well. Because mm-hmm. right? like, uh, It's a Wonderful Life has never come up in our top list as we've discussed our favorite Christmas movies, right? Right. So. Who knows so, what later. There you go, Jesse. <laughs> um, are we talking about emails that have come in and some really good ones we got? I yeah. hope so. And Can I, I also share hope one? that Julia would also. So I got an email in my work email this past week. I think it was like last Friday. So, so I was kind of surprised, right? Is that, bank is, that, is that creepy like for you? Like was it uh, um, somebody who works with you or was it, it like was a- No. So it was somebody that does not work with me, but I do want to read it to you um, because it's really something special. So this is from a Jonathan Hufana. And he wrote, hi, Julia, love what you guys are doing at Tis the Podcast. I loved listening to one of your podcasts entitled Holiday Special Extra Episode 4. Now that's what I call a Tis the Podcast Christmas Volume 1. I think I can add this one to my listening list. Furthermore, I was wondering if you're the best person whom I can talk to about our high-performance bidirectional cloud replication. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody poached my LinkedIn page. Used as the podcast as a reference to try and sell me high-performance bi-directional cloud replication services for Salesforce at the bank. What I think I love most about that, Julia, is they just obviously copied the title of a random episode. Because that is not what you would describe it as. And it happened to be a musical spectacular. Oh, it made my Friday. Let me just tell you. So kudos, Jonathan Hufana. I'm not sure which agency you work with, but God bless your ability to work. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, man. Isn't it? I've got it saved. I'll never delete it because it's that special. So I plan on hitting him up on LinkedIn and to not talk at all about what he's trying to sell me, but to ask him more questions about what episodes he likes. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But we did get it all in all seriousness. We did get a super awesome review, which really did make my week. 
<clears throat> as they are wont to do. So keep them coming if you are, are in a reviewy type mood. We got an Apple iTunes review called It Will Hit You With All the Christmas Feels, Even in the Summer. It's a five-star review. It says, for those who long for a trip down Christmas nostalgia lane, Tis the Podcast always delivers. Whether it is a Christmas classic or a Christmas memory, we'd rather forget. Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, anyone? The trio of Tom, Julia, and Anthony always tell it like it is. If you're looking for a good conversation, some laughs, and some of the Christmas feels, you can't go wrong with Tis the Podcast. That's from Maddie, 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 25. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a million. <laughs> that is so nice. It's always good to hear that from listeners that they enjoy listening as much as we enjoy talking on here together. Um, so thank you. Thank you. And we have some new members to welcome to Patreon. Is that right, Tom? We do. We are welcoming big, big, big tis the podcast. Welcome to Lish Moore, Evan Orwin, and then Flicks. Thanks so much for joining us on Patreon. Got some good stuff coming your way. Including a bonus Halloween episode coming soon, right guys? Yes. Absolutely. Hopefully very soon. I'm ready um, for this. Spe speaking of Halloween, I just wanted to pose a question to you guys. I know you guys aren't like the biggest Halloween fans, but a loyal listener, Dunder and Blixamo3, uh, started a thread on Reddit. Want to know what's on our October movie canon list, Halloween movie canon list. Do you guys have any? Yep. Specific Halloween movies you watch every year? I think yep. I'm pretty sure. Okay, go for it. I think Hocus we, one of them we covered last year on Patreon, Hocus Pocus. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, the Halloween Town movies are and always will be some of my favorites. I love them. I try and get a good watch of Poltergeist in there because it's my favorite scary movie. I try to get well, every year, it's, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I never miss it on TV. Absolutely. The, but I know the Peanuts, obviously, are more than just holidays. They're holiday episodes. They're always... They're holiday episodes. That's, that's what... Like, they're, they've become synonymous with the holidays for me. You watch, their other, you watch their other episodes, and they're just not good. They're not as good. Mm -hmm. uh, Monster Squad. Do either of you guys remember that one for the 80s? Uh -huh. No. Oh, that would be a fun one to do for Patreon one Halloween. Monster Squad. It's about Dracula teaming up with Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, the wolfman, and the creature from the black. I do Lagoon. remember that. And a Holy bunch of cow. kids having to come together to defeat them. Total I... 80s cheese. Oh it's my awesome. gosh. I have not thought of that movie in probably 30 years, y'all. Whoa, I remember those bad guys. Right? Right. It was yes. so cheesy and hokey. Yeah. Hmm. So that one, cool. I watch every year. And then uh, Halloween and Beetlejuice. And, Good one. And uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because even though I think it's Absolutely. more of a Christmas film, in my opinion, it is the perfect transition from It's October a transition film. Into, yep. 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 So. so for the next Ooh, two weeks, y'all. Anthony, you want to update us on what we're doing for the next two weeks? Sure. So next week, I know Julia in particular will be very excited. We are covering the Family Stone. And the week after that, we are color covering the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, A Midwinter's Tale, which is the Christmas special um, Netflix did for their Sabrina the Teenage um, Show. They are very, very clear in that, that it is not Christmas. We will debate it when we get there, Tom. 
No, 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 that they're not celebrating Christmas. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I want to give you a little bit of warning. Uh, the show does involve blatant satanic worship. <laughs> so, although, although, there's a nice callback to our earlier episodes when I made a comment that Aunt Hilda makes in this episode too. So, oh, I'm gonna have to watch it again and see. <laughs> you know what? I can't believe y'all. What? What? Only 1,728 hours until Christmas. That's only 72 days. That's only 10 weeks. Next to single digits, guys. That is crazy town. That's awesome. awesome. So next week, y'all, I want to talk about our Halloween end of October plans, what y'all are doing, what you're doing with your families, what your families are doing. So bring all that to the table next week, okay? Sweet. Okay. And until next week. Bye, guys. Uh, have a merry October. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>